You don't see many of those anymore, do you? Uh, used to be, yeah, oh yes, there used to be others that said, uh, you know, uh, retire with your golden dream with $7,000 a month with a few easy investment tips. Here's a young man who at the age of 15 became a multimillionaire. You know, you, you, know, you remember those? Uh, great. Now, now, that was another time. That was called affluence. Uh, already we're getting a little bit nostalgic about the days of affluence. You remember those good old days? Oh, my God, they're great days. In fact, uh, I, uh, I, I, to get very, very uh, relevant. Oh, by the way, somebody wrote me and said, Shepard, uh, uh, what is the, the word for this year? He says, you know, we have, every year we have new words. Like a few years ago, the word was groovy, uh, far out, uh, with uh, couple of years ago. Uh, I'd say that this year's word is uh, put it on. Get it on. You can use one or the other, depending on the... You know, he's really getting it on. That's this year's word. Uh, so you'll hear this constantly, getting it on, you know. You hear this... You always hear in the interviews on TV, uh, uh, people like uh, Linda Elderby is in, in interviewing a rock star who's getting it on somewhere, you know. And you remember when they used to put it all together? Remember that? Well, now you get it on. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, I, I would say, at this moment in time, uh, that is the uh, the word for today. So if you can get out there in the street and say, hey, I'm getting it on, uh, you, you'll uh, establish your credentials as being, uh, shall we say, in tune, au courant. We refer to the early French there, uh, which uh, is, has nothing to do with a with a bun with currants, but uh, it has in a sense. But we don't want to get into that. However, I will say I'll, uh, I'll write at this point that the uh, that the nostalgia that many people are feeding for the days of uh, of affluence is already beginning to settle in. It's, uh, you can see it all around you. But yet, you know, on the other hand, are you aware that places like um, oh uh, Palm Beach? Places like uh, uh, Miami Beach, uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Nassau, places like that, in other words, uh, resorts, are having an absolutely unparalleled season. Did you know that, Al? Incredible. <laughs> and and uh, recently uh, there was a study made on that. The guy went down a couple of, uh, couple of uh, psychological testing type places, found out that why they were down there was because it's the last hurrah syndrome that a lot of people figure that... See, that's, that's part of our, our uh, curious national uh, uh, attitude, that there is no tomorrow, there is no yesterday, there is only now. <laughs> so they're blowing it all on one trip to Disneyland, <laughs> thereby ensuring that there's no tomorrow. However, uh, that's what we call the self-fulfilling prophecy. However... Uh, this is uh, this is beginning to happen all over. That the uh, people are really really going a little bit ape. You know? Do you remember a book uh, that was written uh, a novel? It uh, it was written by Nigel. Uh, no, no, uh, Neville Shute. Neville Shute, who is an Australian writer. Neville Shute wrote wrote a book that was made into a movie starring, uh, I believe, Gregory Peck and Ava Gardner. Do you know the name of the movie? Occasionally it shows up on television. It 
was a big deal movie back in the early 60s when everybody was walking around with buttons that said, ban the bomb. The what? What? That is correct. On the beach. Now, why did I bring that in? All right, because the opening, because unfortunately the movie kind of glossed it over. If you get your literature through movies, the book was... Uh, uh, had some stuff in it the movies didn't, among other things. That here, the the premise of the movie, of course, was that there was an atom bomb. You see that had uh, had gone off somewhere <laughs> tremendous, and uh, the entire world was made uh, uninhabitable by a great vast moving cloud of radioactive uh, fallout, and uh, whole countries were were disappeared like that. And in fact, it was the end of the world, really, and. Uh, and, and, and on, the only people that were surviving at this point, or at least they thought they were surviving, these guys were in the submarine when this thing went off. So they came up, and all of a sudden they realized that there's no world out there. And uh, they, they were getting a, a radio signal. Do you recall a radio signal that seemed to come sort of uh, intermittently? And it turns out that what it was was a Coke bottle was rolling around, and it was running into this key <laughs> and sending a, a, a signal. But anyway, what was the point of the whole opening chapters there? What was it about, you know? It was about these people, they knew in Australia, that in Australia this cloud was drifting towards them, and they had just a few hours or days to live. They knew that it was coming. There was no way to get away from it. So what did they do? They had a fantastic... Uh, orgy of self, uh, you might say, uh, self-indulgence. Uh, 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 one guy went out, to, he took all his savings immediately, and, and uh, he rushed out and he bought a Ferrari. <laughs> and these guys were racing these cars all over the landscape like crazy. Nobody cared anymore. They were blowing up and crashing. And uh, it was just a fantastic scene. And based on the, the last hurrah principle. So there's a, there's a lot of that going around. Now, what I would like to salute uh, the change in uh, publishing today. You can follow the world by uh, by looking at the you know the, the what they call the exploit books. So back around 1962 or 63, when we were in the middle of the beginnings of the whole big affluent scene, all kinds of books came out telling you that you could make 12 million dollars, uh, make money on the stock market, uh, how to invest all that money you're making into gold gilt-edged debentures <laughs> all that. those were really big books and a lot of authors became very big uh, or at least they seemed to be big they were being interviewed all over the place on those books the the, the let's put it this way the uh, self-appointed expert suddenly appears at any given time turns out a paperback so 12 billion copies and then disappears now what is the newest one here's a great one the out-of-work book uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a workbook, a handbook on how to survive the depression, uh, which uh, they are telling you. Almost all these books, by the way, are based on a scare tactic. Uh, anytime you see one of these books, like for example, uh, a diet book always scares you. It says uh, it is a well-known fact that anybody that is, that is over three pounds overweight will die within five minutes. Uh, of um, not taking this uh, advice. <laughs> so, you know, oh, God, they, they read this stuff. Uh, the other scare tactic during the days when it was affluent, they says, uh, look at the, the, where will you be when uh, your friends are all millionaires? They've invested their money in, in uh, tax-free, uh, tax-free com uh, 
city bonds and all that stuff, and you haven't done it, and you'll be down there living in Palm Beach, just eking out a, a crummy little living when you finally retire, where will you be? And so uh, they tell you you got to be a millionaire, you know, to really make it good. So the uh, the, the this, this book opens up with an absolute assurance there is going to be a depression. It says no, some guys are going to survive it, other guys are not. And uh, the guys that survive it are the ones that know how to do all these good things. For example, here are some of the things. How to write a resume. Um, well, it uh, seems to me that's a little after the fact. Uh, <laughs> if, if you've gotten to the point where you're about to be fired, you haven't written a resume, I don't know. Uh, here's another one. How to adjust your lifestyle uh, so that you can adjust to being out of work, having no money come in, but you do not have to give up having fun. Of course, that defies all known laws of gravity. Depends on how you have fun. I suppose the suggestions are, well, you can walk in the park. You can make a kite out of old newspapers you find. You can fly your kite. You can find string <laughs> and various other things you can have fun doing. And here's another one. It says, uh, uh, how to make sure an interviewer offers you the job. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now that's something good. Would you love to know that? How to make sure? Well, of course, what that is 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 a is a chapter on hypnosis. Um, it's, uh, it's it works. You see, if you can hypnotize the interviewer, what you do is you have this little ring. You know, it's got a little thing that goes around, a little light that comes out of it, and you say, "Look into my eyes, interviewer," and then you put this ring in. It's, oh, it's this is W O R New York, friends. Speaking of. Uh, of uh, speaking of uh, imminent disasters, however, uh, I, I kind of like is I kind of like this book. Here's the here's the ad it says a new report reveals new report official report new report reveals how to stay employed during a depression, and uh, big headline says don't bet the government will take care of you. <laughs> well, that's a promise, and. Uh, <laughs> I can bet that right away. That's easy money. But uh, I, I, uh, I've seen, uh, I've seen a lot of these, uh, you know, these books. Have you ever read? Have you ever read books that that came out of the, uh, out of the 1930s? That that were the same kind. Well, they were different in those days. Apparently, see, these. Uh, I, I, uh, I go down to these used bookstores down in the village a lot, down on Fourth Street. And you hear, you see all this stuff in these great big. Uh, bins of old used books, and you got great stuff down there. Uh, for example, the other day, uh, I was uh, rummaging around, browsing about, you know, how we we uh, bookophiles do, or uh, we bibliophiles. So I'm I'm uh, browsing about down there, and I find this book, and the book uh, was was uh, in the 1930s. It says uh, it was like 1936, something like that, and it says uh, how to earn big money. Making quilts. It says uh, you can take your old clothes and you can make quilts out of them. Then there was another book that says earn big money looking at coins. It says you may have a coin in your pocket if you got a nickel. You may have a coin in your pocket that is worth over seven thousand dollars. I guess that's grasping at straws. Have you ever have you ever seen people buy books like that? Read those things. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of sad. And uh, so I thought tonight, since this is a, you know, there's, there's all kinds of warnings that there's an imminent depression around, uh, we'll hit a couple of uh, commercials here, 
And uh, speaking of uh, depressing news, we'll hit a couple of commercials, and we'll be right back because I have a very special feature for depression fans. We're sure, we're sure, we're sure at Shopwell. We're sure about our quality bed choice meat. We're sure. We're sure about our juicier sugar plum chicken. We're sure you're gonna stand up. Get more of the best when you learn to shop well at Shopwell. We're sure about our farm fresh dairy. We're sure. We're sure about our friendly service. We're sure you're gonna stand up. Get more of the best. When you learn to shop well, at shop well, we're sure, we're sure, we're sure, you're gonna stand up, get more of the best, when you learn to shop well. Fresh meaty pork loins, rib portion, uh, 68 cents a pound, I guess. That's what, uh, it's a little smudgy here, but it sounds right. Okay, let's see. we got a couple of other commercials. Let's get them out of the way here fast. Uh, Squib, Theragram. If your energy is running low and uh, you figure that you're not making it because your eyes aren't sparkling, which high-potency vitamin do physicians and pharmacists recommend most? Well, it's Theragram and Theragram M with minerals by Squib. And uh, they say here that uh, they're having a special offer. You can buy 100 Theragram or Theragram M tablets at the regular price and get 30 extra. That's 30 extra tablets at no extra cost. So it's not a bad deal. So you can drop by. Uh, yes, sirree. It's available at all fine neighborhood Genovese drugstore outlets. And we have another one here. Is that only one paragraph tonight? One squib? Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Al, please. It's dining in the grand manner. It's dancing the night away. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're a great audience. It's great entertainment. It's an enchanting Caribbean island. It's a Holland America cruise to the West Indies. Ten or eleven days on the beautiful SS Dam to five of the most fascinating ports in the Caribbean. Sailings, April through November, from just $595. And no fuel surcharges or price increases after you book. Holland America to the West Indies. It's the possible dream. See your travel agent or call 212-760-3880. That's 212-760-3880. The SS Dam is registered in the Netherlands Antilles. We'd like to offer you a rebate of $100, $150, even $200. And you don't even have to buy a car to get it. Because now, in a bow to today's economy, Saramar Beach Hotel on the picturesque north shore of Puerto Rico will give you a rebate on a luxurious resort vacation. Stay with us a minimum of six nights between March 1st and March 31st, modified American plan, or take one of Saramar's regular six-night packages, and we'll rebate $100 on your total single or double occupancy room bill at checkout, or $150 for triple occupancy, or $200 quadruple occupancy. Apply the rebate to rooms, meals, green fees on Saramar's two golf courses, tennis, anything. It's a great way to snap out of winter and snap up a bargain. For details of Saramar's March rebate plan or for reservations, see your travel agent or in New York, call 586-4459. 586-4459. 
Don't worry, I know where we are here. There are some grand buys at Grand Union this week. A fantastic, unbelievable, exciting, titillating sale on genuine, fresh American lamb. Choose your favorite cut at reduced prices. Plus, Mott's apple juice at 40 ounce bottles for only 49 cents. And these are good things. Bring it up there, please. Oh, please. Big things going on down there. Grand Union. Right. Great song there. That's uh, one of the new uh, rock musicals. Fantastic show. All right. Now, as a special, uh, as a special public service here, we've brought out uh, uh, an old ancient magazine which we found. Now, that's redundant, but no, not not necessarily. Some magazines are not are, are not ancient, and they may be old. It happens to be both. <laughs> it's a true pulp magazine. And it was published right in the heart of the Depression. The big Depression, you know, they always talk about, you read the books about and all that stuff. And it's, uh, it, was, it was published in 1933. See, it's really, really great looking, yeah. And it's a railroad magazine, January of 1933. And um, you want to hear some of the suggestions that they were making in those days to uh, get a job? Now, of course, this was uh, the, supposedly the greatest... Uh, a world depression the world has ever known ever since Samson knocked down the, the castle there with the you remember that the big scene Shadrach and all those guys <laughs> here here's for example now inside this pulp magazine which was a railroad pulp stories about the railroad world to begin with it was a big fat magazine shows you how bad things were 146 pages and sold for a dime wow I mean you couldn't you know you it's a pretty valuable magazine, I guess, right now. They're quite rare. But inside the first page, inside, here is uh, our old friend who's looked out of a million magazines, and he looks very sober and reliable. He's looking right out at you. He says, I will send a sample lesson free to prove that I can train even you at home in your spare time. Of course, in 1933, apparently, a lot of guys had a lot of spare time. But they were being polite, you know. You'd say, uh, since you're sitting on your duff all this time, you might as well do something. It says, be a radio technician. Earn big money. Jobs are now available. And uh, here are some people who took the course. For example, I'd like to talk to some of these guys now. Here's, uh, here, for example, uh, here is Mr. Uh, Abel J. Freugner. 300, that sounds like a phony name. It sounds like a name that W.C. Fields would come up with. Abel J. Freugner of 300 West Texas Avenue in Goose Grease, Texas. Oh, there it is. I don't make the news. There it is. <laughs> he earned $7 a week in his spare time. It says, I thank God for, it says, thank God for the National Radio Institute. I'll quote, thank God for the National Radio Institute. I'm earning up to $7 a week in my spare time repairing my neighbor's Super Heterodyne and tuned RF type radios. Thank God for your lessons. They was easy to understand and clear and readable. Thank God to you, man. You done a good job with me. That's Abel W. Freugner of 300 West Texas Avenue in Goose Grease, Texas. Now you think I'm making it up? It's right here. 
All right, now here's a guy that really hit the, the big time. This is uh, Theodore K. Dubree of Horsham, Pennsylvania. I wonder if he's out there listening tonight. Theodore K. Dubree, how you doing? It says he earns $8 to $10 a week. He's knocking down the dough faster than he can put it in that old cigar box under his bed. It says here, and now here's what he says. I am engaged in spare time radio work. I average from $5 to $10 a week. I often wish that I had enrolled sooner because of this God-sent extra money I am making, in addition to the $12 a month that I get from the government for being on the WPA. Thank God for what you've done for me. Theodore K. Dupree of Horsham, Pennsylvania. Now, see, friends, if you're if you're depressed out there, you're going to have to start pulling yourself out. What is it? Let's see. You pull yourself up by your what? Um, oh, uh, no, it's not your shoelaces. It's something else. You can't pull yourself out of the mud by your shoelaces, for God's sakes. Now, this is an inspirational show we're doing here tonight. This is a... Give me a little romantic music. Come on, let's... Uh, we've got to inspire the people. Just a little more. To, yes. This uh, program is being sent to you tonight. For those of you who are out of work, a little inspirational programming here. Uh, you, you too, can earn up to 4 to $8 a month in your spare time repairing superheads. Like LT Smudge of... Uh, 217 VZ Street, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Mr. Smudge earned between $4 and $7 a week repairing superheads in his spare time. He now can afford to smoke cigarettes again that have been rolled in the factory. And, uh, by God, things are moving. Now, do you want to hear another one here? Listen to this one now. Oh, this is great. This is, this. I'd love to take this course. Uh, see, the trouble with a lot of you is you have no known talent. You know, you gotta you got to have a specialty in the time of, of difficulty. You know... Have you heard of a radiologist being out of work recently? Oh, of course not. <laughs> you don't know. That's right. Is there any analyst out of work around in your neighborhood? Of course not. Who's out of work? Just you, Charlie. Just hangs around the office. No specialty at all. You just do office work. Well, here's a specialty now. Headline says, it shows a little, there's a little drama here in pictures it's like a little comic strip but it's beautifully drawn it's in pictures one two three four five pictures and the headline reads who killed him could you have solved this mystery and here's the mystery wealthy henry jason lived in his big home alone except for a maid a gardener a chauffeur and a housekeeper oh that's the kind of fantasies they loved back in those days noted for his philanthropies he had no known enemies the maid reported stumbling over Jason's body when she started to do the dusting in the library. She told the police Jason had had three callers during the morning. His lawyer, a nephew, and a stranger. An autopsy showed poisoning as the cause of death. Who was the poisoner? Now, the first picture shows Jason clasping his head. And he is falling down. You see him falling down. He's got this great-looking tie on. He's falling heavily to the ground. The next picture shows the maid opening the door. And she, too, she's going, ah! You could see her hand is over her, her mouth. And the, the last, the, the third picture there, it shows the maid looking frantic. And she sees a, a, a man leaving. She sees him, see? And now we see in the, in the fourth picture, boys and girls, we see, we see Jason lying on the floor, and these two very official-looking men are looking at the body through magnifying glasses. And they're, uh, 
they're apparently working on what what is called in these cases clues. Uh, they're very important in mystery cases, clues. You can't have a good mystery without clues. Do you agree, Al? And now, in the last picture, we see the same man who was there with the with the eyeglasses and the little dusting powder. He has a light, and he is examining what appears to be fingerprints. And now, underneath this uh, great little set of drawings, we read this caption. There was a single clue. A fingerprint on a glass. Now we see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fingerprints. Just one of these fingerprints identifies a slayer. Number one is nephew. Number two, attorney. Number three, gardener. Number four, maid. Number five, housekeeper. Number six, chauffeur. Number seven. And that's blank. It has a question mark. It says stranger. Bum, bum, bum. Number eight is the slayer. Now, all you've got to do is match that eighth one with one of the other seven, and that shows that you, too, can solve mysteries. It says the police found the stranger to be a philanthropic associate of the murdered man who had no objection to being fingerprinted. Fingerprints of other suspects were obtained without the necessity of making routine prints. The Bureau of Identification at police headquarters ordered the arrest of the slayer immediately after checking several index fingerprints with that on the drinking glass. Study and compare. Who did it? Can you do this? If you can, you can earn big money in the police business. There you are. That's a test if you can if you can do this. You know, this is very much like those match covers that says, Can you draw this? Draw me. Send it in. We'll see if you got any talent. <laughs> we will tell you if you've got talent. And if you have, you must. You must. After all, Picasso at one time didn't know that he was gonna be Picasso. He was just a kid walking around eating, eating Tootsie Rolls. But his talent surfaced, and look at him now. All right, here we got here. It says 53% of all U.S. identification bureaus employ trained operators. Be a trained operator in big money. You, you can send for the free copy of the Blue Book of Crime. There is big money in being able to identify fingerprints. They don't tell us who did it, you know, what killer did it. You're supposed to send in. That's your test, see. If you can, you know, if you can... Now, you want to hear some more of these great, great, uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable uh, opportunities that are available to everybody. Here's one now, for example. Many, many of you people probably have envied Norman Mailer. Many of you walked around and said, if Philip Roth can write about his old lady like that, why can't I write about mine? After all, I had a worse mother than... Portnoy did. I can write about her. Well, all right. Here you go. It says, how do you know you can't write? Have you ever tried? Have you ever attempted even the least bit of training under competent guidance like we are? <laughs> or have you been sitting back, just fooling around, trying to get a job, messing around out there, being discouraged at every point, being turned down by prospective employers? Learn to write. Write at home. Earn big money like other big money writers. And they had this, <laughs> here, it's this big money writers. It shows a whole lot of books in the background of the ad. Say it says Steinbeck, Grapes of Wrath. Just, yes, well, that's a big, well, I was, he, you know, he was the Jacqueline Suzanne of the period, you know. He's making big dough. Now, here, for example, shows you the kind of, uh, they all came, these ads came complete with testimonials. Now, here, for example, it says, Here's, it shows a man looking, you know, very authorish. His picture's got highlights and that. 
You're looking very bugged. He's just written this scathing satire on Western men. It said, had never written a line. Sells article before completing course. You want to hear what he says? He says, before completing your wonderful correspondence course, I sold a feature to Screen Man magazine for $24. That resulted in immediate assignments to do another for the same magazine. After gaining confidence, I am now a top-flight writer, and I do not wish to have my name used in your publication because all of your... See? Fantastic. Look at that. You can then know to send in a coupon there, and uh, you'll become a writer. Now, there you've had two chances right there. A writer, you could... Uh, three chances, really. You could have made money being a writer. You could be a cop walking around with a with a magnifying glass, and uh, you could have been... Uh, well, you could have done, you know, been a radio technician. Now, let's see what else we have here. No, no, I don't want to join the Rosicrucians. That's always pretty good, though. Let's see. Let's see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's one for you. <laughs> Hi, George. <laughs> Earned big money selling electric trains door to door. How do you like that one? <laughs> Did you know that Lionel at one time had guys that went around selling electric trains door to door? I could see the hello. <laughs> the door opens. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just uh, curious whether you'd like to buy an electric train here. I'm selling them door to door. What the hell is this electric train? Boom. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask you a question now. If you guys are interested in this, this uh, that curious uh, world of, of self-help, what radio comic at one time? You know, you guys are all into radio comic. With a guy, op- he was a traveling salesman, or, or door-to-door salesman, and he would the show would open up with him knocking on the door. He'd go like this: "Nobody at home. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. Nobody at home. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope." Who was that? It was based on this kind of stuff. <laughs> All right. Now, now there are other ways uh, to earn big money. Uh, here, for example, uh, is, a, is an ad says, uh, make your reservation for a place among the leaders in the coming era of prosperity. How about that? It says, just growth and development is just around the corner. Just mail the coupon. You can take correspondence courses in uh, structural engineering. Imagine learning your structural engineering by correspondence. I bet that was what happened. That bridge in West Virginia fell down here a couple of weeks ago, you know. <laughs> well, I, I don't make the news, friends. I'm only giving it to you. <laughs> but apparently, apparently, a lot of people feel felt they could do that. Uh, now, here, for example, can you imagine a guy taking industrial metallurgy, a 12-week course by mail? Industrial metallurgy. Good God! Uh, here's one here for management of inventions. You could take. Management of inventions. See that? See a lot of guys figure they don't know how to invent anything. You know, it takes a certain amount. They can't. You can't take a correspondence course in inventing stuff. I mean, so so a lot of guys apparently in those days. Did I ever tell you about about the guy that? Of course, this this was a common character. Have you ever looked on uh, on late night uh, movies on Channel Five? Edgar Kennedy shows up. Well, Edgar Kennedy. Uh, was the, the shorts that he made, while not uh, 
you know, nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever mentions that they're as good as Laurel and Hardy or they're as good as uh, Charlie Chaplin, anybody else. They just were Edgar Kennedy shorts. But if you look at Edgar Kennedy shorts, you'll see a curious reflection, really curious, a very accurate reflection of the time that they were made. These were made, according to film histories, right in the, in the heart of the Depression. And if you, if you watch it, Edgar Kennedy is always out of work. And he's, he's always having, and his brother-in-law's living with him, and his, his, uh, his sister's living, her hair is always up in curlers, and the brother-in-law's a slob, and he's always going down and getting his relief check. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I saw one one time when, when uh, it shows Edgar Kennedy coming, he's the only one that's working in the whole house, and he's, he's coming home, and he's looking real tired, and he's sweating, and he's got his lunchbox, and you don't know what kind of a hellish job he must have, but he's coming up to the little house, you know. Oh, God, what a day. Oh, what a day. Oh, how wonderful to get back to my little nest and my little family. And he goes struggling up the back porch, and, and he opens the door, and you see in the, in the kitchen, now he's in the kitchen, you see a whole pile of dishes. And... Uh, and the, the sink is dripping. He looks around. And you, you see all the, all the table. The table is covered with what looks like breadcrumbs and, and uh, crusts of bread. And, and, uh, and the dishes are still there from breakfast. You see uh, pieces of bacon. and The place looks terrible, you know. And he, he, he walks and he looks real depressed for a second. And he says, uh, Sweet pie! Sweetie! He always called her Sweetie Pie. What a bad life. Sweetie Pie! And she says, What do you want? You hear her coming out of the next room. He says, I'm home, Sweetie Pie! Will you stop making all that noise? Well, all right. He puts his lunchbox down. He goes into the next room. And there is his wife with her hair still up in curlers. He says, I'm home, Sweetie Pie! He says, go out and help Junior in the back. He's busy. He says, he's got a job. She says, no, he's building a kayak. He says, what? She says, he's building a kayak. He bought a kayak kit with his relief money. He, says, he bought a kayak kit with his relief money? When I'm paying the rent on his house, all I can do is to buy bread and keep us together. And Junior bought a relief. Oh, and he runs out. And you see Junior out there, <laughs> out in the back by the garage. He's got a kayak, and he's got it half built. Did you see that one? It's a great one. Well, anyway, <laughs> looking at these, looking at these sad ads of people sending in these, these uh, obviously uh, with great hopes, clutching at straws, sending in. Uh, the coupon to, to earn big money as an industrial metallurgist in 12 weeks. <laughs> I mean, I mean no, can, can, doesn't it sound sad to you? I mean, is it as sad to you as it is to me? Listen to, listen to what you can take. For example, look, send me full particulars about the following course, which I can complete in 12 weeks in my spare time at home. Electrical engineering. Friends, I don't know whether you've ever taken any pre-engineering courses. <laughs> Electrical engineering, it takes you 12 weeks to learn how to solder. 
much less uh, work out a little few Kirchhoff law problems. Here's one. Uh, learn tool and die making and tool design. That's, a, that's an exciting course. Here's another one here. Public speaking before large gatherings. How's that for the dream world? Some poor schlep, you know, living in Queens. <laughs> he takes a 12-week course in public speaking before large gatherings. Can't you see how the first lesson starts out? To stand on your two feet. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and look your audience right in the eye. In fact... Stand before a full-length mirror and practice the following speech. To be or not to be. That is the... Oh, wow. Here's another one you can say. Oh, here's kind of a good one. I like this one. This, this, uh, in 12 weeks, you can learn airplane drafting and design. Well, you know, that was an extensive course in, in uh, aircraft in 1933. I imagine more than one guy flew through the high-tension wires with the airplane that his cousin Clifford designed. However, after his 12 weeks, <laughs> here's another one. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great things uh, that, that you wouldn't believe. Uh, uh, for example, here's one. These are... Uh, here you can take a 12-week... Would you believe it? A 12-week course. This was 1933. In plastics... They don't say what you did. It just says plastics. You could send in for this one. And, and of course, it says all these jobs have fantastic, unlimited futures. For example, you can take a 12-week course in railroad switchmen. Now, there's an unlimited future for you. <laughs> uh, here's one. In, in radio telegraphy, 12 weeks. Get yourself. It says uh, learn radio announcing in 12 weeks. I mean, you know, some guy sitting there listening to Graham McNamee one day says, Hey, Marge, how come, why, why, you know, how come this guy's on a radio and I ain't on a radio? I can talk good. And she says, well, he's educated, you know, uh, Clarence. He took, must have taken a course. Yeah, it says right here in the magazine. I can take a radio announcing course in 12 weeks. And there's unlimited uh, uh, opportunities. Unlimited opportunities. All one has to do is fill in the coupon coupon and you will be insured a job because of our job placement bureau bureau our job placement bureau will place you immediately in any available opening only 12 weeks to be a radio announcer like Ted using <laughs> so friends uh uh, when you begin to see uh, this kind of thing appearing in uh, your favorite magazine, like uh, Reader's Digest, uh, like, uh, for example, TV Guide would be uh, more proper than that. Just stop just looking at television all day long like a klutz since you're out of work. Stop sitting around there with your mouth hanging open, hoping that you can get on the Hollywood squares when you'll never get on it. Earn big money repairing television sets in your neighborhood. Your friends have got TV sets that flicker and buzz and hum. You can earn up to $12 a month in your spare time. We, yes, uh, you'll know that. But it's beginning to settle down in earnest. <laughs> oh, what am I laughing at? This is a Cynthia as a public service, for those of you who, you know, are a little bit sad. Yeah, uh, here's another uh, tremendous opportunity here, friends. Yes, it says, uh, no, no, you won't want to do that. It says, uh, 
You can earn big money selling skin cream door to door. Violet scented skin cream guaranteed to cure acne, scabbies. Do they still have scabbies? This is why even your friends will keep you in business. Probably if you have a lot of friends with scabbies, that's probably true. Here's one here. It says, uh, earn big money taking your friend's blood pressure. It says, yes, because the blood pressure is <laughs> getting hurt. <laughs> you could buy a correspondence course in taking blood pressure. Uh, here's one. Here, this is, this is, why put up years of endless worry being out of work? Sell our, yes, it's this, uh, our rupture pads. I sell door-to-door. Oh, wow, there's a lot of good opportunities, friends. This is WR New York.